Remember Harry Potter, remember Hogwarts, remember all those houses into which we all are sorted. Harry and Draco, Hermione and Ron, Dumbledore and Snape, Hagrid and McGonagall, we're gonna remember. Hey there, and welcome to Remember Harry Potter, a literary podcast covering all aspects of the Harry Potter series. On Remember Harry Potter, we talk about all things openly, especially the relationships and everything that goes along with them. We also understand that there are conversations that will come up that we might not be able to do justice. We want to include as much diversity as we can. So if you'd like to share your perspective with our audience, please message us. Oh, and fair warning, we We are are not spoiler free. They climbed two more flights until they reached a door with peeling paint and a small plaque on it saying Ronald's room. Harry stepped in, his head almost touching the sloping ceiling and blinked. It was like walking into a furnace. Nearly everything in Ron's room seemed to be a violent shade of orange. The bedspread, the walls, even the ceiling. Then Harry realized that Ron had covered nearly every inch of the shabby wallpaper with posters of the same seven witches and wizards, all wearing bright orange robes, carrying broomsticks, and waving energetically. Your Quidditch team, said Harry. The Chudley Cannon, said Ron, pointing at the orange bedspread, which was emblazoned with two giant black seas and a speeding cannonball. Ninth in the league. Ron's school spellbooks were stacked untidily in a corner next to a pile of comics that all seemed to feature the adventures of Martin Miggs, the Mad Muggle. Ron's magic wand was lying on top of a fish tank full of frog spawn on the windowsill next to his fat gray rat scabbers who was snoozing in a patch of sun. Harry stepped over a pack of self-shuffling playing cards on the floor and looked out of the tiny window. In the field far below, he could see a gang of gnomes sneaking one by one back through the Weasley's hedge. Then he turned to look at Ron, who was watching him almost nervously, as though waiting for his opinion. It's a bit small, said Ron quickly, not like that room you had with the muggles. And I'm right underneath the ghoul in the attic. He's always banging on the pipes and groaning. But Harry, grinning widely, said, this is the best house I've ever been in. Ron's ears went pink. Hi, everyone. Hi, everybody. My name is Marin. My name is Emily. And our name is Remember, Remember Harry Potter. Potter. <laughs> <laughs> um, whenever people refer to us as us two, they're like, oh, yes, so-and-so, so-and-so. <laughs> Remember Harry Potter? <laughs> <laughs> I think that a lot of people actually do refer to us collectively as just Remember Twilight. Yeah. We don't have individual names, so... <laughs> That's kind of true. Honestly true. <laughs> On this uh, week's episode of Remember Harry Potter, we are covering the Chamber of Secrets, Chapter 3, The Burrow. Uh, if you will remember last 
episode, we talked about chapter two, which was, oh no, we got to hang out with Dobby. He made a huge mess in the kitchen. And then Harry got in big, huge trouble because Dobby used magic at the house. And uh, Vernon found out that Harry wasn't supposed to be using magic this whole summer and all those made up spells were not real. And he locked him into solitary confinement until three days later when Ron Weasley showed up at Harry's second story bedroom. Yeah, how did he get up there? (laughs) We'll tell you now. I do want to do like a little side note right now, just because we finished recording it. We have a Patreon page, which if you don't know what Patreon is, it's basically like a monthly subscription to artists and creators. So as podcasters, we have them and For different tiers, we offer different things, but one of them specifically is we do bonus episodes on Patreon where you can go and get like an extra little however many minutes of an episode. Yeah. And sometimes we just like do whatever we want, whatever. But last week we had a really cool discussion about Lucius and what exactly this plot Dobby told Harry about is. So if you guys want like extra more spoilery things go sign up for the patreon and listen to those because it was really interesting and kind of something that me and Marin hadn't really thought about before yeah it, it was cool and we talked for I mean we talked for like almost 10 minutes about this thing that we hadn't talked about in the main episode and it's kind of I like that we have this like special thing for the people who are our like really big supporters and and they get to come and join us once a week for our bonus episode so if you want to be a part of that come on over we start out and harry has just woken up from a terrible dream where he was locked in a cage at the zoo but he has looked out his window in in real life bff ron and his super cool big brothers are like actually hanging out Outside of Harry's second story bedroom window, floating in a car, (laughs) there's this little like Harry just being like, what? And Ron going, why haven't you answered my letters and invites to come stay? And why did you do magic in front of the muggles? (laughs) And Harry is like, no, your car flies. So don't talk to me about doing things I'm not supposed to be doing. (laughs) But there's no time to explain because they need to break Harry out of prison. Yeah. Harry's like, wait, how do you know that I did magic? And Ron's like, oh, my dad works at the ministry. (laughs) And yeah, Harry points out that they, in fact, are in a floating car. And Ron's like, eh, this doesn't matter. Dad enchanted it. We're just flying it. Yeah, because I, at the end of last chapter, I even wrote in my notes, like, why aren't these guys getting potentially expelled for using an actual magical car? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think because it is a spell that has been cast, an enchantment that has been worked by an adult wizard, it's not going to be detectable at a kid wizard level I think that they like there must be something somewhere somehow where they know that an underage wizard did magic instead of an adult wizard yeah although there is the whole other question of like this car is illegal yeah it's like what triggers the notification from Mafalda at the Ministry of Magic is it the actual spell being cast is it the wand that casts right? it if it's not registered to a legal adult wizard? Like, what is it? It truly doesn't make sense because Dobby was the one who cast the spell that got Harry in trouble. But Arthur was the one that cast the spell on the car. So the kids are not worried about it at all. 
Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I don't. It's very confusing. Uh, is it just one of those things where we just close our eyes and plug our nose and pretend like it didn't happen? It's one of those things where I'm going to keep track of it and figure it out <laughs> okay, and let you guys know. Um, but I also do want to point out here, Ron yells at Harry for doing magic in front of the muggles that he lives with. That is a very bad rule if that is the rule in which these... Family members of Harry. Maybe he meant in front of the muggles who were over at the house. I think that is what it should have been. But he said the muggles you live with. (laughs) They know he's magical, right? They take you to Hogwarts, but they can't see magic. He doesn't have to hide it from them. (laughs) Yeah, That's like Hermione not being able to show her parents that she's a witch. Yeah, it's like, no, Ron, it's not them. It's because they had guests (laughs) over. That's so funny. Uh, So um, Harry definitely doesn't want to be murdered by his uncle. But Fred is like, nah, don't worry. Everything's fine. So they attach a rope to the bars that um, have been affixed to Harry's window. And Fred zooms away and breaks the bars off. This, luckily, did not wake up the Dursleys. Mm -hmm. So they like grab the bars and they carefully put them back into the back of the car and then Fred like very carefully reverses to the window. Now listen to me. The Weasley kids are the absolute best people to be friends with. So Harry's stuff is all down in the cupboard under the stairs and he can't go get it but no worries. We have a Fred and a George to go do that for him. The cats Fred and George. They're cats! Mm -hmm. So they hop right out of the car into Harry's room where they proceed to take out just a normal hairpin and pick the lock. And they're like, oh, no, 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 no. We know that we're not supposed to use magic, but we still have to get into mischief somehow. So we learned all these like muggle tricks. I love that they call it a muggle trick, first of all. And they pick the lock, which I would never be able to do. And they sneak downstairs to get Harry's stuff while Harry and Ron pack the car with all the things from his room. So when Ron and Harry are done, Harry goes to help the twins with the trunk. And things are getting a little nervous here. We start to hear Uncle Vernon like making little coughs from his room. And they get the trunk up to the top of the stairs and they bring it out and they shove it into the car and everything's going pretty good. Harry's stuff is all jammed into the car and they're ready to go. And they like make to start driving away. But then... They forgot Hedwig. (laughs) Harry's sole trusted companion at the Dursleys that he has to take care of. He He has one job. He left Hedwig. And so she rightfully screams her head off. Like, how dare "Ah!" you? (laughs) This is absolutely the rudest thing Harry ever does. It's very disturbing. It's forgetting your best friend. It's forgetting your kid. It's forgetting your pet (sighs) when you're escaping. I mean, at least if it's just so mindless of him, like, is he just so distracted? Because I can't imagine, like, I'm leaving my house maybe forever. Mm -hmm. And I put everything I owned in the car 
And I went and heaved this trunk up from the cupboard that had to be like lock picked. And I forgot my owl, my kid, my best friend, the one who I've been feeding all of my food to and literally starving myself (laughs) Ah. so that she can live. It's so funny. So she screams her head off. I'm just saying Hedwig should have been the first thing that he handed to Ron. Literally first thing. And that none of the other kids noticed. (laughs) They're such, on, so they're really good friends, but they're really big idiots. Yes. Really is what it comes down to. And so Vernon, he loses his mind because the owl screams. And he's like gonna run in there and like abuse Harry about the owl screaming. And when he opens the door <laughs> and he sees that Harry is like halfway out the window, passing the owl to some kids in a flying car. Vernon goes completely nuts, completely nuts. He runs across the room. He grabs Harry's ankle. What's his plan? He's He doesn't care. Just he, tug of war, Harry, back inside. He grabs Harry's ankle. He and the Weasleys play tug of war with Harry for a minute. But Vernon is no match for those boys. <laughs> and so the Weasleys win and they're off. Very disturbing little series of events that just happened there. I don't like it at all. (laughs) Yeah, it's very weird. Harry looks back and all three of the Dursleys are just like (laughs) out the window staring. So they have escaped and freedom feels so good to Harry that he just yells back and goes, see you next summer. Like, so funny. I love it when sassy Harry comes through and that all three are just staring at him with like idiot looks on their faces. Mm-hmm. So they're very nice here. They unlock Hedwig's cage with the hairpin and she finally, for the first time since they got home, is able to get out of the cage and fly. Luckily, her muscles still work. Here's the thing, though. To unlock Hedwig's cage, George hands Ron the pin. So Ron also has learned this picking lock skill. I really love that. Um, Because a lot of the time, I think to myself in my head that George and Fred are a force among themselves. Mm -hmm. They know all these things and they do all these things. They don't think to teach Ron or to care about whether or not Percy feels left out or any of that stuff. Yeah, they're just like such an independent. Exactly. They're like you and me. Duo that like they just always do their own thing and no one else is in the right Fred and George. Yes, but I love I almost got like choked up when Ron knows how to pick the lock because obviously he has not only watched them, but he was like, How do you do that? And they were like, Oh, yeah, this is definitely good for you to know. Like, you just da da da. I love that. I Mm -hmm. think it's really cool that he's the one that unlocks the cage. So Hedwig gets to fly along behind them and it's very sweet. Harry tells them all about the visit from Dobby and how Dobby is like, you can't go back to school and somebody's going to kill you. And but it's not Voldemort and I don't know what's going on. And they are like, what the crap is going on? Because they know he hasn't been answering their letters. They now know that he's been keeping been kept prisoner. They now know that he's been starved. And now they're like this house elf like broke into his house and told him like threatened him to not go back to school there. They don't know what to think of it. They're very confused. They think it might be a joke. They're like, who who would play this kind of a joke on you? And then they're all like, oh, Draco, he's the only one shitty enough to do something like this. 
Uh, and since they're an old, mean, like, former Death Eater family, they could definitely own a house elf and send him to scare Harry for whatever reason. So they're like, well, it might have just been a mean trick. Let's, like, think about that for a while. I don't mm. know. I think it's just, like, they don't want to think that it's anything more malicious than what it is. But yeah. it is. <laughs> it's real bad. Well, and also Fred points out that house elves have powers of their own but they can't use it without their master's permission which I know there is a fan theory because of the specific line in which Draco sent Dobby to warn Harry not to come back is this like a pro Draco I think it's like a dreary thing okay but but that's not real (laughs) (laughs) sorry if Dobby can't do his own magic without permission who would give him permission to operate out of their house I mean, maybe he, uh, like, in a roundabout way said, I'm going to go do a favor. And they were like, I don't care, go. Well, and we know that it's, like, very specific with wording, as we'll learn with Creature, mm-hmm. where yeah. if you, like, casually say, get out, like, I, I don't want to see you, then they'll be like, hey, bye, mm-hmm. and take that to mean whatever they wanted to. So there definitely could have just been, like, someone casually said something and Dobby was like this is my chance yeah yeah and I can totally see him doing that Mm -hmm. um okay so that's what they're sticking with for now we also learn that Percy has been acting really obnoxious and strange and secretive all summer and also that he's prefect next year and he keeps like shining his prefect badge and being really annoying about everything polishing his prefect badge well, that's what he's there's doing there's only so many times the, a day you can the, polish a prefect badge that's what they call it these days <laughs> but do you think i mean i i think it's interesting that out of all the things they could talk about that's what they chose to talk about throughout this chapter i feel like fred is like overly sensitive and annoyed about percy Did you get that feeling while you were reading it? I just was like, oh my gosh, he complains about Percy on the way to the house. He complains about Percy when they get home to mom. Hmm. Like, it's a whole thing. It's a theme. He, like, hates Percy right now. Well, it's George who brings up that Percy's been acting Mm. weird. Oh, and then they also mentioned that this little trip in their dad's car was done without permission. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. we learned that Dad Weasley works in the uh, (laughs) misuse of Muggle Artifacts Office at the Ministry of Magic. And he's not even supposed to have this car, let alone have anybody be driving it around, because his entire job is to keep muggle stuff and magic stuff away from muggles and magical people. Like, he's supposed to be like, nope, this is muggle stuff and uh, humans aren't, I mean, and and wizards aren't supposed to be messing with it. And this is magic stuff and muggles are not supposed to be messing with it. But he has this whole ass thing where he's like, muggle stuff and magic stuff should be one. Yeah, he's like, no one else can do it, but I can. (laughs) Yeah, he's um, very tricky about it. We'll talk about that later. So they flew... And they fly all the way till morning, uh, all the way across the country to Ottery St. Catchpole, which is like the city where the Weasleys live. So they fly in, the car makes a soft landing in the yard of the best house Harry has ever seen. It's the exact opposite of stuffy old number four Privet Drive. So the burrow is a tall, crooked, messy, hodgepodge of a house. Like he describes it like it it looks like it started out as a stone pig pen mm-hmm. <laughs> that they just kept adding like pieces of house to and it's like crooked. It looks like it's going to fall over. It has like five chimneys poking out of the top of it. Mm-hmm. And Harry is just like, this is 
awesome. And like I said before, the Weasley boys are wonderful friends, but they are not very bright. They really did think that they could get away with this. So they like pull up and they're like, all right, we're going to sneak in. We're going to get in bed. Uh, We'll come down in a few minutes to get breakfast and we'll be like, hey, look, Harry's here. It'll be awesome. But nope. Molly Weasley just comes like marching out of the house, screaming her head off across the yard about how worried she was, which like totally understandable. And they're so stupid. There's a literal clock on their wall that says everybody's gone. Uh That's got to alert her somehow. Yeah, they forgot to take the clock with them. (laughs) First mistake. Well, she's like, I was so worried. Uh, I didn't know where you were. You could have at least left a note. I like you might have been dead or seen or like you might have lost your father his job and she's like i've never had trouble like this from any of the older boys and they're like oh this is another thing where he's like oh yeah perfect percy like Mm -hmm. they just think he's so annoying um and i just hadn't ever noticed how much they are annoyed with percy before Mm -hmm. until this reading through so after a long loud reaming molly finally turns to harry and she invites him into breakfast (laughs) And his only previous knowledge of being yelled at by a parent is of like next being like beaten and then next being punished and next being starved. But Ron is like, no, no, we're going to have breakfast. Like, because mm-hmm. these guys are used to getting yelled at by mom all the time and they don't care because she loves them. Mm-hmm. So they're like, yeah, no, let's go eat. We're hungry. Um, He goes into the house and we get a lot of what the house looks like and what's going on in the house. Like there's the awesome clock that says where everybody is and if you're late and all these other things. And then the house itself like feels really magical. There's books um, for like spells all over the place. The radio is playing music by like whiz rock bands and he's getting like more food this morning than he has had all summer put together literally and probably all summers of his life put together she puts like eight or nine sausages on his plate and then three eggs Mm -hmm. which sounds amazing but it's like we don't really get a sense of how he feels about this but I can imagine it's like somewhere between like he's about to go into shock or just like float away from happiness of finally being somewhere where he's like so loved and it's so comfortable and the house is small and cozy and messy and it's just oh it just seems so wonderful to be at yeah that's an interesting observation that we really everything about this breakfast chunk is all purely observation Mm -hmm. and there's no insert of feeling from Harry at all. The reason I noticed it is because I kept waiting for him to be overwhelmed Mm -hmm. and to be like oh my gosh I love magic but we don't get any sense of how he feels about it we just get what's going on Mm -hmm. and I like I kind of like it because then I'm like I get to insert that he's just like overwhelmed Mm -hmm. he can't even describe how he's feeling all he can do is look at everything um So Molly, (laughs) she's still muttering and angry and the boys are trying to defend themselves, but she like just won't have it. And George is like, listen, Harry was literally being starved. And she did mention that they had considered going to get Harry if they didn't hear from him the next time that Ron sent a letter. So, you know, I mean, it was kind of like in the works to go rescue him. Literally, they're all like hanging out the night before. And Arthur and Molly are like, you know, maybe we should just go pick up Harry. And so then Fred and George, after like, they're like, we're going to bed. They're like, let's go get Harry tomorrow. Yeah, that's how I'm imagining it, too. So um, breakfast is wrapping up and the boys are like, oh, 
good breakfast, mom. We're going to bed. And she's like, nah, it's your own fault. You're so tired. You're going to go out there and de-gnome the garden, which sounds like such a weird thing to do. And then we get a literal entire page of what denoming the garden means. Oh my gosh. It's so, so funny. On I think it was on Pottermore. They added like an interactive part to it eventually. And one of them was that you could denome the Weasley's garden for house points. There's a video game. Anyway, whilst I was trying, you like pick up the gnome, but uh-huh. I was standing too close to the wall. So every time I swung it, its head just like hit the wall. It was very, very hilarious. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So while they're still sitting there talking about how they have to go out and denome, cute little Ginny in her little like still nightgown hops downstairs and like screeches to a halt when she notices that Harry's there and she like turns around and runs back upstairs and they're like (laughs) they're like oh no she's been talking about Harry all summer and and then Molly's like now Harry you can go to bed while the boys go out to the garden it's not your fault that you're here and he's like heck no I'm going out to do whatever these guys are doing so Molly like okay you guys go and do the gnomes but first let me look up in my Gilderoy Lockhart book about how to denome a garden which I'm like okay first of all Molly you've been running a household for 20 years at least if not more I'm sure you know how to denome a garden the only reason she is referencing this book is because it's by Gilderoy Lockhart Mm -hmm. who's this really cute really like charismatic older wizard who writes books and saves things and it, she's got his book. So she starts to look up how to denome a garden but the boys are like, goodbye, we've done this a million times. Mm-hmm. So they go out to the garden which, oh my gosh, Harry loves this garden and the Dursleys would hate this garden and it took me until I was probably an adult to know that when British people say garden they just mean it's their backyard. Mm-hmm. I always assumed it was a literal garden with like <laughs> vegetables in one part and then there's flowers over here and there's maybe a tree I didn't realize it was just the whole backyard the entire backyard is the garden (laughs) so anyway there you go that's my thing well Harry's like you know muggles have garden gnomes too (laughs) and Ron's like oh yeah we've seen those like Santa things with fishing poles no those are not those are not gnomes (laughs) how do how does he describe it they look like a potato (laughs) potato (laughs) so Ron goes over to the bush and pulls one out and he's like here's one and and Harry's like, yeah, that doesn't look anything like Santa Claus. <laughs> so we get the longest and un- most unnecessary explanation. Why is the denoming process such a big deal? We never denome anything it's else so ever again. It's so funny that it's in the <laughs> Pottermore. It's in the video game. But it's like, this is just the most weird thing I can. Im- so you pluck them up out of the ground. You have to like fight them you finally pluck them up they bite you they have really sharp teeth they'll fight back but you have to like spin them until they get really really tired and then just chuck them as far as you can (laughs) over the wall and they always come back because Arthur likes them he thinks they're funny he probably like throws niblets at them so uh-huh. to eat so it's just like pointless anyway and they spend all morning denoming the garden and just as they're finishing up Arthur gets home from a long night of misuse of muggling stuff <laughs> and we learn a bunch of really what seems like meaningless stuff but it's not we learn that there's a guy named Mundungus Fletcher who he works with 
who um, he seems really questionable because he at one point tried to hex Arthur for some reason. Like, is this something you do while you're working? You just get mad and hex your friends? <laughs> um, I don't know. We learn about another guy named Mortlake who had some odd ferrets. We learn that wizards like to trick muggles with different types of things and this one specifically is like they'll take your key and they'll put a spell on it that makes it shrink and shrink and shrink until it's gone and muggles won't ever say anything because they'll just be like oh i just lost my key yeah they won't notice that it's shrunk they'll just be like oh i just lost it he goes bless them they'll go to any lengths to ignore magic even if it's staring them in the face but it's true i mean i just think that like humans will see what they are used to and so if you keep your, if your key keeps disappearing because it's shrinking, you're just going to be like, oh, I just lost my key again. And we lose crap all the time. And so you'll just get a, a new one made. But if you're, it's by this bad wizard who's putting spells on the key to shrink. Anyway, it's bad. Mm-hmm. It's not very nice. He's telling all this stuff to the boys for some reason. And then Molly comes screaming in about, like cars, for instance, because he's like, they'll, they won't see anything. <laughs> And yes. Did you write this down? Mrs. Weasley had appeared holding a long poker like a sword. (laughs) No. I'm sure she was like poking the fire and she was like, of course they won't notice anything like your stupid car that you made fly. She's like swinging it around. I'm sure they're all scared. (laughs) (laughs) he's caught right Mm -hmm. so yeah cars arthur so basically since he works in the muggle artifacts office he is in charge of making the laws about what muggle artifacts you can and cannot possess and what kind of things you can and cannot do with them and he has taken it upon himself to write any sort of loophole into any sort of law so that all the stuff he's doing with his entire shed in the back yard of muggle crap is legal mm-hmm. it's all legal so she's like obviously you weren't supposed to make a car that could fly and he's like no 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 no. the law says that you shouldn't be flying a car not that it can't fly mm-hmm. and she's like of course you wrote it that way so that you could do it <laughs> it's this whole thing and for your information harry arrived this morning in the car you weren't <laughs> intending to fly harry harry who <laughs> Your kids flew out the car all the way across the country to pick up Harry Potter. Arthur had been there for long enough to tell the entire story about being hexed, the keys, the ferrets, and he hadn't even noticed that there was this whole other child in his house. <laughs> he looks over and he's like, Harry? Harry who? And they're like, oh, Harry Potter's here. We went and picked him up from his house. And he's like, how did the car fly? Harry, it's so nice to meet you. This is the best day of my life. <laughs> Molly is just like losing her mind. Ron and Harry are like, okay, we're out of here. We're going up to Ron's bedroom. And they head up this great big series of maze-like stairs. They go past Jenny, who is like cutely, like she's peeking out of the door. And as soon as they walk past her, she like slams the door shut when he when Harry notices her. And they go up, up, up to Ron's bedroom, which is completely completely covered in orange 
posters and bed sheets and stuff. Harry is like, is this your Quidditch team? And Ron is like, yeah, it's the Chudley Cannons. And Ron gets like super self-conscious and quiet. And he's just kind of like watching Harry while Harry's looking at the room. And he's like, I know it's not that big. I know you had like much bigger bedroom back at the Muggles. And he's like trying to make all these excuses. And Harry just stops him. And he's like, this is the best room I've ever seen in Mm -hmm. my life and uh Ron just like blushes and it's just it's so tender and it's so sweet and I'm gonna cry now for an hour yeah I mean Harry doesn't care about materialistic value he's just like this is a home where everybody gets fed and everything's fun and everything's full of stuff that you guys like and you get to decorate your room with whatever you want like Uh, this is the best place I've ever been it's really a beautiful thing and like I know that this is kind of personal but you know I grew up in a house where we were kind of not encouraged to have friends over and so when I grew up and moved out and had my own place and then I met Mark I met my husband and I started going over to his house everybody was always laughing and everybody was always having fun and they had family dinners every Sunday and maybe even like twice a week besides that they would have people over for dinner and it was always like kind of a party atmosphere over there there was always like something fun on the tv and somebody was always making cookies or a milkshake or something like that and it was just fun all the time and nobody was getting yelled at ever like literally ever was anybody getting yelled at even when grandma was mad about something she wasn't screaming and yelling and it was so different from what I had been raised in that I I just was like it took me a long time to first of all get used to it and then even after we got married and we lived there for a while whenever I would hear like loud voices upstairs I'd get nervous and then I'd be like oh no wait people don't yell at each other here and I know I've talked about that before on like remember twilight and stuff but it's just it made such an impact in my life to finally be in a house and around people who weren't angry and yelling and trying to make you miserable all the time that it just I was like this is a family that I have to be a part of forever for the rest of my life and I mean it's just it's so nice so let's 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 be a little more aware of that and try to make our home's a nice, safe, loving place to be, like the Weasleys. I mean, even though, like, Molly spent the whole morning screaming, (laughs) she just was, like, scared all night long. Her kids were gone. And so she's got a lot to take care of and a lot, but her house is a safe, loving place to be. And Mm -hmm. I love that. I really appreciate it. (laughs) Yeah, it's interesting you say it's, like, a party-like atmosphere, because it really was, but there was never anything special happening. No. It was just that everybody was so happy to be around each other. Yeah. yeah, I always loved the environment that my mother-in-law created at her house. I, And I would tell her all the time, I'd be like, your house is so safe to me. And it just, I appreciated it so much. And I wish, I wish she was still here to share that with us because I miss it. But maybe we can make that here. Yeah. So I'm crying now. <laughs> Hold on. <It's> all right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the end of the chapter. All right, everybody. Well, that is a sweet little chapter. And I'm so, so happy that Harry is back at the Weasleys and that we get to see them and we get to know them a little bit better. And I can't wait to see what happens next chapter. Yeah. If you guys have anything you want to share with us, please send us an email at rememberharrypotterpodcast at gmail.com. And we'll start getting your emails into our owl post section at the end of the episodes. 
But until then, you guys, let's create something magical together. Bye. Bye. You've been remembering Harry Potter with Marin and Emily. You can stay in touch on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Remember Harry Potter Podcast. Please consider joining us on Patreon for a weekly bonus video, access to our notes, original artwork, and to connect with our awesome community. You can message us at RememberHarryPotterPodcast at gmail.com. Send us a voice message on Anchor or leave a review on iTunes. Yes, please leave a review on iTunes. Check out the show notes for all this information and more. 